0: Well, greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us tonight at our Breakthrough Service. Believing you're going to be blessed as we continue with the study of the book of Philippians, the book of joy. And we're going to just continue to look into the life of Paul the Apostle. We are, we are coming closer and closer to the end of the book of Philippians. But come, I tell you, I don't want to finish this book because there is so much substance in there so much to learn so much to understand so much to 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 look into so much to to so much revelation so much insight in the book of philippians and it's just a book that encourages us builds us up um brings us into a new level of understanding a new level of vision a new level of just having a certain outlook on life. And Apostle Paul has done a great job through the revelation of the Holy Spirit and through what he has been through and um, just making it known to us what God, how God carried him, how God um, sustained him, built him up and lifted him up and how Paul just grew from glory to glory and from strength to strength. So we're going to look tonight again as we're going to look in the in the through the book of Philippians chapter four. And our last portions of scripture study is going to be Philippians chapter 4, 10 to 20. 10 to 20 and then it's 21 and verse 22. And we're going to continue and we're going to wait till 23. So it's 10 to 23, our next portion of study. And um, I believe that God is going to bless us and God is going to just encourage us. I'm so motivated by the by the Apostle Paul. And um, in the time of crisis, I want to thank God for this season that he has blessed us to study the book of Philippians during terrifying times, during perilous times, during times of great difficulty, we can have a different outlook on life because of the principles, the secrets and and what God taught Paul and how Paul has brought it across to us to to now look into our lives and understand certain things and how God is going to do great things in and through us. So let's begin tonight. Father, we thank you tonight for blessing us tonight as we are looking into your word, Father, and we're going to continue with the book of Philippians. Father, we thank you tonight as we learn on the secret of contentment, the secret of contentment. Father, thank you tonight for the blessing of your word. Thank you, Father God, that that open our eyes to, to understand, open our eyes so that we may behold the wondrous things that is in that word. Pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation as we continue in the study of this of this um, scriptures, Father, and the word of God. And thank you, Lord, that you bless each and every person that's listening. May this word bring transformation to the listeners, those who tune in, those who listen to this podcast, those who listen tonight to this message in the service, Father, may they be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. So tonight, as we continue to do this, we're gonna just we we excited we are excited. I am very very excited to share this message with you tonight. So we're looking at the secret of contentment. We're gonna look at at certain things in this particular message. Our scripture tonight is Philippians chapter four verse ten and eleven. There's so much so much in the hallelujah. Paul says, "But I rejoiced." Again, he says, "I rejoiced," and he uses this. He says, "I rejoiced in the Lord greatly." His strength and his sustenance is his, his source of joy is Christ. His source of joy is Christ. And Paul has been continually using this terminology in Christ, in the Lord, showing us that whatever he had and whoever whatever has become of him was because of his union with Christ. And we need to remember that. Remember Philippians chapter 4 is our is his strength in Christ. Remember, we did Philippians chapter 4, verse, verse 1 to 9. How people can find strength in Christ, how Christ can strengthen us, and the importance of the strength that people or that we as believers find in Jesus Christ. The strength is not because of outside influences, but of inner of, of, of an inner work of God within our lives. Inside, and we're gonna look at this tonight, and we're gonna continue. So Paul says. That now at last you have revived your concern for me was a period of time the Philippians has not maybe been giving as they, as they were giving, but Paul writes and he says indeed you were concerned before but you lacked an opportunity so there might have been some reason why they just could not give or so or, or or show that type of concern or maybe they have become a little bit unconcerned or 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 they be relaxed in their giving. But now Paul says, and listen to what Paul says. And Paul says, not that I speak from want, because Paul has learned the secret of contentment. For I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. Now listen to what Paul says. Now we need to understand Paul's background. Paul was a Jew. Paul had a trade. Paul was wealthy, surely before he started becoming a missionary for the Lord. Paul was a wealthy person. He did good in life. I mean, Jews were prosperous people. But Paul now, went through and became a missionary and Paul was living for for God and Paul was doing um, the work of the ministry. But Paul was also a person that he would not just sit back and wait on gifts and offerings and um, I think that's a great inspiration for us as preachers, that Paul was not just the type of person who would sit back and wait, Paul would then also do carry on in his trade and that was one of the advantages of Jewish boys or Jewish Jewish boys, they learned a trade. And it's great to sometimes have a trade or a skill because sometimes you can just do something when there is a moments of down times you know sometimes you you do not have to continuously depend upon people because it changes the way you the way you begin to do certain things and the way you Um, handle certain things when you are are dependent upon the arm of flesh. And the Bible teaches us that um, to be dependent upon the arm of flesh is a curse. And so Paul was somebody that um, he, he did not have Lack, although it, there was times of lack, because according to, to the Corinthians and according to Romans, we understand that during hard times, during hunger, during, he had some times of hunger, he had some times of great difficulties, but yet Paul was content. Paul learned contentness. so, 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 so the lessons of contentment came through the experiences of life. That is very important. Lessons of contentment in the life of the Apostle Paul came through the experiences of life, on the road for the Lord, and um, he realized that. And as he grew in this contentment, because being a Jew, they were covetous; they were covetous people. They were people that um, they wanted, to, they wanted more. They wanted to be wealthy. They wanted uh, abundance. So this had to be a total. But we're gonna we're gonna get to that point, and um, we're gonna look at some things, even that that. Um, Godliness when contentment is great gain is what Paul writes in the book of 1st uh, Timothy. And so we can get to that point when we look on further. But Paul says, you know, I'm not speaking because I want. It's not because I, I, I'm i in need. He explains this because remember Paul wrote in the book of Philippians chapter 1, you know, he was, he was thanking the Philippians for partnering with him. I mean, he, re- he writes in Corinthians, he speaks about them giving to him and supporting his ministry. He he was always referring to them. He was always speaking about their gifts. He said they were the only church that supported his ministry. So Paul was very pleased with the Philippians, with the offerings they're giving to him. I mean, Ephroditus was sent to them and he almost lost his life, but he was a type of a seed that they, they sent him to assist Paul. And he spent some time with Paul, helping Paul with whatever Paul needed. And um, we look at the book of, of Acts chapter 28, where Paul says he had freedom for people to minister to his needs. So people would bring him gifts and people would minister to his needs. Um, so, so Paul had this, Paul had everything, but, but Paul had to learn to be content. And it's not a thing that is very popular in our, in our cultures today, because there's always a need for more. There's always a need for for, for something new. There's always a need for something, um, to have something new, to have something more. And so Paul teaches us the secret of contentment. Hallelujah. So let's look at this. Some meanings that plays out in this particular scripture on contentment. Contentment is sufficient in oneself, self-sufficient, adequate, needing no assistance, um, satisfied, self-sufficient, self-sufficient. Sufficient to myself to manage. But listen to this type of of contentment Paul had. Paul had this contentment that says, his sufficiency is from God and not of himself. So his sufficiency was from God and not himself. So that was Paul's point of strength, was in the Lord. His union with Christ. He was connected to the vine, the source of strength. And we need to come to this. We need to grow in our union and through the revelation of this union with the Lord. Because everything that we need in this life is because of our union with Christ. Everything. We need to grow in our union with the Lord. Contentment. That's another few things that I've looked at as contentment. Uh, um, the, the Greek word is achaio, achaio. To be free from care because of satisfaction with what is already one's own. To be free from care because of a satisfaction with what is already one's own. The Hebrew word means to be pleased. The Greek then brings it out to the fullest in different scriptures as we read it. But when we look at uh, at First Timothy 6, it also a, refers to a more inward satisfaction. A more inward satisfaction. Hallelujah! The one is a habit of a permanent state of mind, the other is the lack as to do with some particular occurrence or object. So some people are satisfied only when, when, when something has happened in their lives. But here Paul was not satisfied because of other things. Paul was content in the midst of lack and in abundance. So whatever the circumstances was, Paul's mindset was not affected. Paul's mindset was not affected. Let's look at it. let's look at our at our six points tonight. The first point we're going to look at tonight is is the word or the teaching we're going to look at or the point we're going to look at tonight is are you a thermostat or a thermometer? Hallelujah! I'm going to read a story from a from a certain from a certain group of people that had a discussion, right? The the, the person said, the trouble with him is that he is a thermometer and not a thermostat. The statement by one of the deacons aroused the pastor's curiosity. They were discussing possible board members and Jim's name had come up. Pastor, it's like this, the deacon explained, a thermometer doesn't change anything around it. It just registers the temperature. It's always going up and down, but a thermostat regulates the surroundings and changes them when they need to be changed. Jim is a thermometer. He lacks the power to change things, instead they change him. Instead they change him. So Jim was affected by the things, but a thermometer changes the things. Hallelujah! Now the Apostle Paul was a thermostat. Instead of having spiritual ups and downs, as the situation changed, he went right on steadily doing His work and serving Christ. So he just kept going. He didn't allow circumstances to change him. Therefore, Paul wrote, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Therefore, Paul, whatever he went through, Paul still served God with everything that was within him. He had a continuous, he he continued in the Lord. He continued. His circumstances did not affect Paul's outlook, attitude or way of life or how to look at life. Paul had he was a thermostat he changed therefore when 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 the when the Philippians wanted to weep about his circumstances Paul said don't 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 make me sorrowful so Paul rather became a thermostat unto them he didn't allow their feelings to 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 to, to change how he felt about his his present circumstances he then now enlightened them he now changed their outlook therefore the bible says in the book of philippians chapter 1 a revival broke out in rome because of paul's imprisonment the kingdom advanced the kingdom advanced there was an advancement of the kingdom a new work was taking place because of paul's imprisonment why because paul was a thermostat paul's the paul affected change wherever he found himself when we we'll read it at the actor the end of the book of philippians chapter 4 we find that paul says even those of the household the brethren of the household of caesar greets you. So Paul has won some disciples in Caesar's household. So he affected the place in which he was in. Child of God, you need to affect where God has placed you. You might not want to be where you are, but God has a reason for every season. Your season might be your setup. Your season might be your setup. Hallelujah. We We are to influence and not be influenced. Write that down. We are to influence and not to be influenced. Hallelujah. Look at this. Joseph is sold as a slave, comes into Egypt. Hallelujah. He's working. He's been sold to Potiphar as a slave. But the Bible says that the house of Potiphar was blessed because of Joseph. Come on, somebody. Joseph was a thermostat in the house of Potiphar. Joseph brought the blessing. Glory be to God. I declare today in the mighty name of Jesus that somebody somebody's going to have the effect that Joseph had. You're going to be a thermostat where you are in the name of Jesus. Let's look at Esther. Esther could have allowed a position to change her uh, 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 attitude towards the people, but she did not allow that. Esther became a thermostat in the king's palace. And therefore, by her changing that it caused the Jews to be preserved and the en- enemy to be killed, and there was a revival for the Jews. Hallelujah. She became a thermostat. We understand that many people brought great changes wherever they went. They did not allow wh- where they were to affect them or, or, or to change who they were. They they knew who they were. They had an inner strength that only came from God or from, or from Christ. Hallelujah! From the Holy Spirit, which is God, hallelujah. So they had this inner strength. So I want to encourage some Today, no matter where you find yourself, do not be a thermometer, be a thermostat in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The second point we look at tonight is that we are not victors, we are victors and not victims. Sorry, we are victors and not victims. Hallelujah! We understand it through this letter. Paul was not a victim, but he was a victim, a victor a victim of, he was not a victim of his circumstances but he was a victor over his circumstances and we hear words that paul uses in philippians chapter 4 verse 11 i can accept all things i can do all things i have all things and all of this comes through the inner strength that has been provided through jesus christ so paul is speaking from victors therefore paul writes in romans he says i am an overcomer i am more and a conqueror. Paul used this type of terminology in the times of great difficulty, in the times of great struggle. Paul used terminology like this. We need to have the victor's mindset. We need to have the overcomer's mindset in the midst of trouble. We need to understand who we are. We need to understand where we're going. We need to understand that the source of strength is Christ. we, We must not find comfort. We must not find strength from outer things. We need to find strength from within. Hallelujah. Because the Holy Spirit is within us, hallelujah, the Holy Spirit, Christ in us, the hope of glory, the Bible also declares, hallelujah, that we must be filled, we not need We need the word of God within us, we need Christ, we need to be strengthened by Christ, that's what Paul wrote, I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me, and we're going to read that, and we're going to continue, so Paul did not have to be pampered to be content, God didn't have to push a little blessing here, push something there, do something just to get his child happy. Paul had joy irrespective. Paul rejoiced irrespective. And I believe that is God's. God wants that attitude for each and every one of us. Hallelujah. He found in his, his his contentment was not in the physical or material things. His contentment was in the spiritual resources that was abundantly provided by Christ. And that is what every child of God we become content when we have the worldly possession, material things, jobs, cars, houses. But Paul's contentment was not in death. That Paul's contentment was in the spiritual resources that he received. The spiritual things that was made available for us through through Christ, the spiritual. That was Paul's contentment. I want God, Lord, transform our mind as children, as your children, Father. That our desire will be to be, con that we will have this desire, this mindset like Paul. That our hearts will be, Father, to have this type of, con- my Jesus, mandrosh, mande. Hallelujah. We need to have this, that our contentment is in the spiritual resources abundantly provided by Christ. We need to have a desire for the spiritual things. We need to have the desire for what Christ paid for. We need to have a desire for Paul It says in the book of Ephesians, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ that has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. This should be what brings us satisfaction. When we get a revelation, when we get new insights on scriptures, this should be in contentment. But we find that as the church, we find contentment in worldly possession. We find contentment in the worldly things and we need to pray. Break out of that mindset in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Because contentment with worldly things, when we have them, we are happy. When we lose them, we are sad. Therefore, when people lose certain things, they want to take their lives. They want to commit suicide. They want to end their lives because their contentment was in the possession of things and not in Christ alone. Hallelujah. When you are in Christ, you can... The the, the song is the song said once, and I said it that, you know, you you, you can take everything, but give me Jesus. One song was sung, give me a, you can take the world possessions, but give me Jesus. This song was written with somebody that ever re- that had a revelation of the importance of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The third thing we look at today is contentment versus complacency. Contentment is not complacency, nor is it a false peace based on ignorance. A false peace based on ignorance. We need to be careful that we are not that we are not um, complacent in this life, that we just settle for the bare minimum. Complacency is settling for the bare minimum. One of the greatest dangers in the Christian life is complacency. in Christ is to be sought after. You need to seek it with all your heart and it should be celebrated. Christian complacency means that no matter what happens, you are fully satisfied with your current personal effort in pursuing Christ. We are coming to the end of the age. We are through Christ coming is closer. Complacent people are just living the life, lukewarm, normal. Ah, I'm just living for myself. I'm just doing this. I'm just doing that. I'm just carrying on living the way I feel like. But a content person is a person that has a hunger for God, a hunger for more spiritual insight, a hunger for more spiritual revelation. You know, as as much as Paul continually spoke about that, that that you know, he said that, um I can do all things through Christ who strengthen me. Rejoice in the Lord, always rejoice again. All of Paul's things that he used was in the Lord. It was revelation, it was insight, it was spiritual insight that Paul had. And that is a content, but the complacent person is just looking around, enjoying life for himself, self-satisfied. Self is everything, self is exalted, is magnified and that that is a dangerous christian life that is a dangerous christian life a true believer and we spoke about it while we were doing the book of philippians and we spoke about it that when you become born again, born again on one of our teachings on john we spoke about when you become born again god puts within you a hunger for more of him a hunger to pursue spiritual things that's when you are truly born again But when you're not really born again, there's no real desire in you to pursue godly things or to pursue the spiritual stuff. And um, it's very important to understand this. We should not become complacent. We should not become mediocre. We should not become comfortable in a state of lukewarmness or of self-satisfaction. Our satisfaction is in Christ and in Him alone and that should be our pursuit. I want to know more, therefore Paul said that I may know Him. He was not complacent, he had a desire for greater growth, he had a desire for greater depth. I mean 30 years into the awkward Christ, Paul is writing letters of revelation that puzzles the apostles. Like Peter says, some of the things of Paul is difficult to understand, but here this guy still says that I may know Him. Paul had this great desire to want to know God. My God, we need that in the church. We need that in the body of Christ. A greater desire after revelation, a greater hunger after the things of God. So Paul had this in him. Hallelujah. Contentment is not the escape from the battle, but rather an abiding peace and confidence in the midst of the battle. Therefore, Paul writes in Philippians 4.11, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. So Paul learned. It was a lesson that he learned. It was through experience. It was through experience. And that's going to be our next point. But first of all, I just want to look back at contentment versus complacency. The complacent believer is unconcerned about others while the content Christian wants to share his blessings. So Paul was a content person. He wanted to share his blessing. He wanted to share his revelation. He wanted to share his insight. That was the life of Paul. He wanted to make it known. He wanted to read. he was the type of person who wanted to share. Therefore Paul said to the Philippian church, you know, I am not asking because I'm in need. I am writing this because I want you to receive. I want God to credit your account. I just received the revelation on giving and receiving but I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm making it known to you because I want you to, to experience the blessing that I'm experiencing ha, that i'm even getting experience now and in the end because god keeps a record of everything that we do he keeps a record of everything that we do and so we're gonna get to that later on in our teachings but that is what paul was saying he shares his blessings so content person shares blessings a complacent person is unconcerned about others it's me myself and i I'm living for myself, as long as I make it to heaven, I don't care about the rest. But here was Paul pursuing, reaching out, till the final breath, till the day Nero took his head off. Paul was busy evangelizing, winning souls, speaking to people. I believe him, but maybe before they took his head off, before they said head, Paul was preaching the gospel. We heard, I read about it about... Many of those who died who were martyred. That as they went to the stake, as they were as their heads were chopped off, they would preach to people, they would preach, they would minister. People were, were broken, bones were broken, people were disturbed, people were battered and bruised on their way to the stake. But as they were walking to the end, they would preach the gospel, they would preach Christ. And it was even written that many of these people came to repentance afterwards. Come, on. come on. God is good. God is good. Therefore, we as preachers, we we study the Word of God and we believe the Word of God and we share the blessings of revelation with people because we want you to experience what God has for you. Somebody getting ready to experience a new level of blessing today in Jesus' mighty name. Remember I said contentment. Paul says, I learned it. So I've learned it. He uses this word about twice or thrice in this portion of scripture from 10 to 23. He says learned. He uses the word learned. Hallelujah. Learned and content. So the verb learned means to learn by experience. So Paul's spiritual contentment was not something he had immediately after he was saved. He learned through experience because remember Paul's background as a Jewish Pharisee. So here he had to overcome covetousness, he had to overcome the lust for money. So he was dealing with things and therefore he says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I will live, but Christ who lives in me. Because he went went through the crucifixion process himself. So he understood what it was to have and what it was not to have. My God. My God, it's it's an amazing process. It's an ma- amazing lesson. So, contentment is something that we learn through the experiences of life. We learn it through having abundance, we have it through a lack, but we need to learn the lesson of contentment. At the end of it all, what use it is when you have gone through everything but have learned no lesson. No lessons out of your experience. What good is it if you have gone through so many things But you have nothing to show Through the wisdom, the knowledge The insight that you have received Through the process Which means that you have not learned anything You have failed the test So Paul had to go through many difficulty experiences of life In order to learn how to be content Therefore Paul went Two nights on the sea, Paul was battered. Paul knows what hunger according to Second Corinthians. If I'm correct, Second Corinthians 11. He learned all these things. He learned suffering. He learned hardships. He learned rejection. He learned betrayal. He learned all of these things. He learned having much. And he says it. You know, I know what it is to be prosperous. I know how it is to suffer lack. He learned it through the experiences of ministry. And now Paul comes to a place where God has in this brought contentment in Paul. Contentment. The fifth point, and we're going to break it into three um, sections today, is that, hallelujah, when we look at contentment, another word for contentment is to contain. So our first point is going to be, we are contained but not self-sufficient. We are contained but not self-sufficient. Let's read 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have abundance for every good work. So God's grace is God's grace, God's grace, God's ability upon my inability. So Paul had, Paul was built, we are built for every circumstance. If our dependence is completely on the Lord, then everything we go through, We are built for it. We are made for it. Therefore, Joseph went through all those experiences, and Joseph says, I've been in the place of God. He realized that I've been built for this. I've been made for this. I have been, I've been, this is my purpose. This is the reason. Every one of us, when we have the grace of God working in our lives, we are made for every circumstance and situation we go through. Listen to this. The word content, as I said, means to contain it's a description of the man whose resources are within him, so that he does not have to depend on substitutes without. We must not have, therefore, substitutes. People in the body of Christ have many substitutes. We find that if we have a new car, we are content now. If we have something new, we are content. I remember there was a time in my life, I just could not find satisfaction in cell phones. Whenever I had even the latest cell phone, I would want to exchange it for something else. And I would walk every day. We used to stay in Johannesburg in a certain city called Florida. And I remember myself going from all these phone shops to phone shops to phone shops, continuously wanting to exchange this phone for a better phone, that phone for a better phone. There was no contentment in me. I was this. it was like an addiction it was like a drug i was it even brought me much anxiety and sorrow and therefore paul understood all of these things and paul knew that with the christ strength there's no anxiety there's no there's no um anxiousness or no worry no stress hallelujah because he had this contentment and therefore, you could say, but rejoice in the Lord. Come on, man. Paulos, this is such an amazing thing for us to learn, right? To rejoice in all circumstances. And again, I say, rejoice. Rejoice. Hallelujah. I look at Paul and Silas. If they were not, if they did not have this within them, imagine them being in prison, downcast, depressed. They would not have saying praises to God because they would have blamed God. But they turned that situation around, started praising God, and God, God wrought a great deliverance in the life of Paul and Silas. Hallelujah! So they didn't have substitutes. They were not, they didn't satisfy themselves with anything except that which was Christ. Sometimes we have substitutes. There are things that we need to do to make us happy. And all of us are guilty to them. Father, we need to repent for a few seconds. Let's repent. Father, forgive me for every substitute I put in place of finding contentment in you and you alone, Father in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on somebody, pray that prayer today. Wherever we have substituted to find contentment in, today we pray that God will crucify those areas in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Those areas will be crucified in the name of Jesus Christ. Substitutes. We don't have any substitute. We don't have a substitute of shopping or buying new things or always having the latest or always doing certain things to find contentment. No! No, we have the resources, everything that we need is within, Christ in me, the hope of glory, Christ in us, hallelujah, I am satisfied by Christ, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, through Christ, hallelujah, the Greek word self-sufficient was a favorite word used by stoic philosophers, but remember for us as Christians, we are not sufficient in ourselves, we are sufficient only in Christ. Paul writes us in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9. He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So Paul continuously had Jesus, this is the revelation, when Paul was praying for the stone to be taken away, Paul got the revelation that, listen, my sufficiency comes from God's grace that is working within me. And that is where we need to find ourselves working, and that is where we need to be dependent upon, is the grace of God continually working in us and for us in Jesus' mighty and majestic name. Hallelujah. God is at work within us. Somebody ready? Somebody ready to receive that. God is at work within us, but we need to be dependent upon God. Paul cried three times out to the Lord, remove the stone, remove the stone. But every time he cried out to the Lord, remove the stone, Paul then just, through the revelation God gave him and God said to him, My grace is sufficient for you. Hallelujah. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, Paul had this revelation, and Paul's dependence now became totally dependent upon the Lord. And we need to be totally dependent upon the Lord at all times. We need to continually be dependent upon Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. And so, we, we look at this, and it's very exciting to understand this, and we go to the next point uh, as we come to the conclusion of this sermon today. And I pray that God has richly has enriched you through His word. And from this day we are going to be satisfied only with the satisfaction we receive in Christ Jesus. The next point is Christ is our sufficiency. Let's look at this 2 Corinthians 3 verse 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. Because Christ lives within us, we are adequate for the demands of life. We, as I said it earlier, we are built with everything we need to fulfill God's purpose in our lives. Therefore, it's always important for every one of us to find the lane in which God has placed us because we are built for that. We are not built for anything else. Therefore, we need to Christ crucify um, ambitiousness and being ambitious. We need to crucify um, the flesh desiring to be something that we're not. We need to crucify these areas. Because remember, God has put in us Everything that we need to fulfill that which is given unto us. When Jeremiah said, "I'm just a youth," God said, "I have called you as a prophet to the nations." When Je- when 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 Moses said, "But I cannot speak," God then assured Moses that God was gonna be with him. When when Abraham, God was with Abraham. God was with every person. He gave them everything they needed to fulfill their divine purpose. So Paul then, when God called him, God said, He will suffer for me. But in that, God already gave Paul everything he needed to fulfill his assignment. So whatever you are doing for God, when you put your dependence upon God and know that God has called you in that field, God will sustain you. God will look after you, look over you, and walk with you till the end. The next point we look at today is that or just before we complete this Paul named three wonderful spiritual resources that makes us adequate and gives us contentment and we're gonna look that, at that in part two so we're gonna look at that we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna focus on in that and we're gonna get more insight and revelation from that hallelujah when Paul begins to make us our part two will be more on what Christ has then brought us to and it's gonna be amazing God is gonna bless us in that and through that hallelujah praise the Lord the last point we look at tonight as we close Godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Paul writes, he says, now with godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Paul told Timothy that those who misuse God's word wrongly think godliness is a means of material gain. Knowing his statement might be misunderstood, he followed it up. So Paul explained. So, People think that the moment you get saved, you become rich. And we have made mistakes like that many a times. We as preachers, we as evangelists, we sometimes spice up our altar calls with um, come to the Lord and the Lord is going to bless you with a new job. Come to the Lord and you're going to receive a car. Come to the Lord and you're going to receive a breakthrough. And we find this in sensitive seeking churches where people preach a gospel that satisfies and entertains fleshly and carnal people. And that is when churches sometimes explode in growth because people's flesh is being fed. People's flesh is being fed. So their contentment is not in Christ, but it's in things of the world. And so many of these believers, when they have, they are happy, and when they don't have, they are sad. And some of these believers, when they have, they are on fire, and when they don't have, they have lost their zeal and desire. But then you find in places where, where we understand the revelation of contentment when we preach that we preach the real message of Christ. We find that people no matter what they are faced. Therefore, the guy when they came to him with the message of his family dying in the ferry that tipped over in the ocean. And they told him that every one of his family members died. His response to them was, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. At that moment, the inner strength, the inner work of Christ began to work within him. Because he could now declare, it is well with my soul. So this man was totally self was totally satisfied or totally empowered through the Lord. I mean, many people that have been going through things, we watch news media, we see people that has lost a marriage, lost a car, lost a job during our COVID crisis. Many people committed suicide. There was a high rate of suicide, depression, anxiety. Why? Because people were dependent on the things of this world people has focused, their contentment was not in Christ, but it was on what they have received, on their income, on their monthly things. And so many people lost heart, lost hope, and um, many lives were destroyed. COVID was actually an exposure to many of us of where our dependence lied. Were we truly believers or were we serving God just for the things? And I believe many of our hearts were exposed, many of our things were opened. COVID in, in in the midst of what it has done, it has devastated, it's destroyed many families and lives. But COVID actually brought an exposure to many of us and I'm one of them. It brought an exposure to our true relationship with Christ. Are we really rooted, rooted and grounded? Many pastors, many believers, many people experience that. And so they came to this point where they began to understand certain things and um, it's amazing. It's amazing. And so Paul then, through this contentment, we understand that many of us are are, are moving out of COVID crisis crisis right now. And we're moving into a place where COVID will become a a word of the past. But we need to learn contentment during the season. We have lost much. We have lost many things. But we need to have learned, as Paul says, I have learned to be content. Father, I pray that you strengthen us to be content. And as we come to the close, as we're closing this, as we're rounding this off, Paul writes, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. It is true that godliness is great gain, but only when it is accompanied by contentment. Hallelujah. Only when it is only when it is accompanied by contentment. The word contentment, as we have said, means articulate but in this particular understanding or particular verse in the book of 1 Timothy six, 6 contentment is, it means autorekeia. It is meant to be completely self-sufficient. They meant a frame of mind which was completely the independent of all outward things. And which carry the secret of happiness within itself. Contentment never comes from the possession of external things. That is something that Paul wanted to bring across in this book of Philippians that nothing on the outside was brought him joy, but it's what his relationship with Jesus Christ. It was his relationship with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. When with contentment, we don't have the itch for more, we are not dominated by material things. With contentment, Hallelujah, we are happy to be right in the center of God's will, and that it was. It that is what contentment is. Godliness with contentment comes through the transformation of the mind, because Paul writes in in Romans chapter twelve verse two: "Be transformed by the renewing of your mind." We need to put uh, material things in its proper perspective. We need to understand certain things and we need to have this real, real contentment. And I pray that God brings us to this place today, that we truly have this contentment. Somebody wrote this and said, it is easy for many Christians to say they have this contentment, but whether they have it or not, is often more truthfully known by their spending and shopping habits how much of a place does shopping and buying have in your life how does material loss affect your happiness how happy do you get from having some material things if this is what determines us then we are thermometers but thermostats are not affected by what we have thermostats Rejoice in the midst of all circumstances. Hallelujah! We rejoice! When we live and act without contentment, we are trying to fill needs in our lives. I need to be somebody. I need to feel secure or cared for. I need to achieve excitement or newness in our lives. Most people try to fulfill these needs with material things, but they can only really be met by spiritual relationship with God who made us. So now we conclude and we come to this. What is real contentment? Real contentment isn't too difficult for those whose real home is heaven. It requires but a little of this world's good to satisfy a man who feels himself to be a citizen of another country. And we know this is the language Paul used in Philippians chapter three. I'm an alien here. I'm a citizen from heaven. Hallelujah. And knows that this is not his resting place. The real rest comes when we go to the other side. Let's pray tonight. Father, we pray that every person that has listened to this Lord, Father, that you will transform our thinking, that we will renew our minds, that the lessons you have taught us in life, that we will learn from these lessons, the secret of contentment. and Father, that we will be blessed tonight, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, And Father, during these perilous times and during the end times, Father, where contentment is an important characteristic trait for us to carry, because with the tough times lying ahead of us, Father, we need to learn the secret of contentment. So Father, today I thank you, Lord, for what you have taught us through your word. May your word, O God, bring change and transformation in our hearts. And may, O God, we be healed to your word in Jesus' mighty name. I give you all the praise and all the glory. As I said earlier, Paul named three wonderful spiritual resources that makes us adequate and gives us contentment. And for that, we're going to go to part two in our next sermon. God bless you in Jesus' name. Remember now, if you connect with us and you have been blessed by the sermon, may you then, if you would like to sow, you can sow via PayPal or you could say sow via banking details if you're in South Africa or if you're international, we have our SWIFT code connected to our account. So to our accounts and um, if you would like to be a part of this blessing and sharing in this ministry. May the word has blessed you and you would like to sow a seed. May you be richly empowered and may God be with you. And may God strengthen you and may you be enriched in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. For I believe that God is about to do great things in your life. Hallelujah. Remember now you can also follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Telegram, Facebook, and all of these different channels. And you can connect with us there. And you can also then listen to all our messages and sermons on these different podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and many other things. Hallelujah. Stay connected with us. May God bless you in Jesus name. Amen.